developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It's a Mike Cal, the show. It's 1025 The Bone. Please go get... Gerald Springer, bring him in the studio. Jerry Springer is going to be out and about today. We'll have an opportunity to meet him if you'd like. Talk. I think he's, is he talking about his new TV show? Nobody gave me information. Oh, no. Let me look at Jerry Springer. Look at him. Look is. at him. There's a television icon right there. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing pretty good over Somebody here. Somebody how are you, sir? I am fine. Thanks for having me. It is a ple- I I said this before, and I'm gonna uh, before you got here. I said when he comes in, it's gonna be kind of weird to look at him because yeah, we're well- so used to looking at you on TV for all these years. Like now, when you're here, you're human and you're in front of me. But for these years, I already have this iconic image of what you look like. Yeah, and it's pretty depressing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you think part of your charm is being as self-deprecating as you are? Well, I have reason to be self-deprecating. <laughs> There's a lot of material there that I can be we, humble about. We had you on the phone one time. Yes. This is probably like eight years ago or so. Yeah. And I said to you, Jerry, how long will you do your show? And you go, oh, God, I hope not much longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great response. Yeah, it's been, I guess, 27, 28 years, but I've, I've let um, That's a Carson run. Yeah. Um, well, I said I'm gonna. I am gonna be retiring when I'm 104. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so that's it, though. When I'm 104, I. That's stop. it. You're done. Well, I, give I'm me. Done. Run this down. You're you're in uh, politics first in Cincinnati, correct? Yeah. I started out as a lawyer, but I was working for Bobby Kennedy, and then I. What did you do for the Kennedy? You worked for a campaign the, 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 or for the, his the campaign. campaign? And then. Uh, How old are you at the time? Uh, Twenty. Four. So you're gung ho. It's that that changing time. Oh, I was yeah. yeah, long hair, the whole bit. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I was a at the time an anti-war protester, and a, I was active in the civil rights movement. Uh-huh. So that's what got me into politics. Anyway, so I did that, and then when he died, I took the Ohio bar, and I started practicing law in Ohio. But I was still active politically, and so I was elected to the city council for 10 years and then i was mayor of cincinnati right. what then, a weird city yeah what a weird city because i i, I tell you right now in all the places i've been it's the worst i mean everything shuts down at like nine o'clock at night i had to go to kentucky to get something to eat after 11 o'clock yeah n- not anymore oh really yeah not anymore it's uh if, if in the over the rhine area and the downtown area yeah. now it's uh it's built pretty, up, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a cool place. Also, their their uh, anti pornography. Oh, that's nineteen seventy. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. like it had. Oh, a, it, it had, had a, a run. It had a very conservative history, which I, I would imagine you were there I, at that time, right? Yeah, I was the aberration uh, because I was a, like the first Democratic mayor, right? It, up to then, it had been really very conservative, and the city was conservative. I think people voted for me just because they wanted to be able to keep their eye on me yeah. so they'd know where I was. <laughs> they used to run a crawl on the 11 o'clock news. It's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your mayor is? <laughs> Did uh, When Bobby Kennedy was killed, Yeah, were you like... Yeah, that was it. Because I had I was in college when John Kennedy was assassinated. Right. And the back to back, I don't know. I mean, we had our 9-11, but if we had 
two nine elevens, and you know, within a short amount of time, I don't know it, if we can handle that. It was it was staggering. It really was. It was like, and just a f- two months earlier, they had killed Martin Luther King. Yeah, and so it was like. You know, when people say these are difficult times now, and they are, yeah. but compared to 1968, when our cities were burning, yeah. uh, you know, we were, our brothers and sons and fathers were dying in Vietnam, and, uh, you know, we had the assassinations of Med Gabbers, Bob, um, Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy. We wind up the riots in Chicago. Then we wind up electing Richard Nixon. Yeah. So it was like, oh. <laughs> wow, that was a capsule of all the difficult things that happened in the mid sixties century. Did you feel like like I look at it and I was born in seventy one, I look back at it and yeah. I go, Clearly the government was picking these people off. Like I definitely believe Bobby Kennedy Sir Hans Sir Hans still claims he has no no knowledge of killing Bobby Kennedy. Like he's almost like a Manchurian effect. I I I just always assume that that's a government thing. No, I'm well, you know, I I don't think so. Yeah, but um, you know, I I mean, I had all these rabble rousers. These people are disturbing the system. We got, uh, you know, Bobby. I mean, uh, uh, JFK was bad enough. Bobby getting in there would have been, you know, taking on the mob. Like he has all these enemies, and I, it just seems well, to me sure, a bit they- easier to get rid of them. Uh, yeah, but you you, ne- you never do. In yeah. other words, it, it's great for a movie, but in real life, you know, knocking off one person doesn't mean that you you know we won't continue to do whatever we're doing. Right. So, um, no, I think this was a deranged guy who was upset about the Middle East, and that's why he killed Bobby yeah. Kennedy. I, but I, I don't think it's any. We all want conspiracy theories because it makes us it, it, it gives structure to our lives there's an explanation we can't live with the idea that there's just wackos out there yeah. right. that do horrible things we have to always think there's this great plot and not, o- not always there's sometimes I look at things and it just seems like one day we're going to go isn't that obvious but I watched a documentary the other night on flat earthers those yeah. people are just insane <laughs> I mean yeah. there's astronauts laughing at them like we've been yeah. we've been out there and then nobody has a real reason of why are they lying to us like, if you want to lie about killing a president because yeah. you don't want to know the government killed the president, why would we lie if the earth was flat? We would just tell you, yeah, it's flat. Yeah. Don't fall. Be careful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so you're, yeah. you're in, uh, you're in uh, Cincinnati, you mayor. You, you leave uh, office, and then when do you I, get into TV? Well, uh, virtually the very next day, um, I was hired by, they had spoken to me earlier, the, um, the NBC affiliate in Cincinnati, uh, if I would anchor their news. Right. And I wanted to do political commentary, but they wanted me to anchor. So we worked out a deal where I would do the news every night at five thirty six and 11. But at the end of every newscast, I could do a one-minute or two-minute commentary. Oh, which and is very rare for it television. Was, it, it really was. But back then, you had editorials or commentary, but it was always done by the station manager. Yeah, I remember seeing but, that as a kid. Yeah, but to have a news anchor do it, that was... Right, revolution or whatever. Was it, it was because new. you would you would no longer deliver news impartially? Yeah, yeah. they had a. Yeah, there was a good reason why yeah. that didn't happen, uh, but that was the deal that was worked out. And I really worked hard at keeping the news separate from my personal view, which I saved for my commentary. Segment, yeah. So if I was talking about Ronald Reagan, for example, I wasn't raising my eyebrows <laughs> like. Whoa, you know, <laughs> you know, so I I, I worked. You know, to read the script and keep yeah. going. And the did, truth, you, did you call that your final thought? Was that where that came from originally? That's where or? I didn't call it the final. It was thought it was just called commentary. Okay, Jerry's commentary. But then, when ten years later, they gave me the talk show, 
they wanted to continue that because it had been pretty popular in Cincinnati. Yeah. And so that's where the final thought came. That's why I add that to the end of the show. Because there's so much chaos in my show that, you know, and I let everyone else say what they want and do what they want during the show. But at the end, I just want to, at least for a minute, make clear where I stand on it. You know, I'm not endorsing what you just saw. But here's my view of how that might be dealt with. So (laughs) Um, okay, so you're so when they bring you the when they bring you the idea of doing the talk show like uh, the TV, I talk was show. assigned to it. it oh, was, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, Phil, Don- the company that owned the station where I did the news also owned Phil Donahue, Sally Jesse, Raphael. They oh, owned talk shows, so they knew. Phil was retiring, and we were pretty dominant in the ratings. So the CEO of the company came to me and said, "Phil's retiring. We're starting another talk show. You're going to host it." So I was assigned to it as an employee, uh-huh. and they adjusted the salary and all that. But so I started. Did you like doing that better? That- no. Like the idea of it? No, I said I want to still do the news. I said, well, you can do both. Oh. So I would get up in the morning, fly to Chicago, do the Stop. talk show, wow. and in the afternoon, fly back? back to Cincinnati five wow. days a week. How long did you do that? Two years. And then I said, I can't do that anymore. And so I figured, well, I'd done the news for 10 years. Let's now private jetting the talk you show. No, it was uh, the United Airlines. <laughs> you had to actually go oh. through security. Well, back all. then, this was pre nighted Still, was, uh, you still had it's a pain in the ass to get on a flight. Yeah, but the, they paid me handsome. Look, yeah, it's a it's great life. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I will never complain about uh, what I, I have I mean, gotten to do. So, um, so I did that. But then it was wearing me out. And uh, so I decided to just concentrate on the talk show. And then the show took off, and uh, you did know, the show start out like Donahue, a serious? Yes, kind of... it was serious. Uh, you know, I remember having Oliver North on, Jesse Jackson, and you know, there was, was a lot of political stuff. Right. And, uh, but at the time, there were twenty talk shows on the air, and uh, this was uh, early nineties. I'm trying and, to think of all. Of, oh, uh, you won't even remember Jenny some of Jones, yes, Ricky yeah. Lake, yes. Gordon, oh, somebody. Yeah, right. There was a fat English dude the named Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Tempest Bloodsoe wound up having one <laughs> yeah. later on. They, after yeah. a while, they gave everybody a show. Yeah. yeah, there were 20 talk shows, and every one of them, including mine, we all wanted to be like Oprah. Yeah. And then along came Ricky Lake, and hers was the first talk show to go after the kids. And when I say kids, I mean high school, Younger college. Demo, yeah. So I just thought, as a business model, why are we trying to be one out of 20 going after Oprah? Let's be one out of two and go after Ricky's audience, right. where we get a much larger piece of the pie. So the very next day, literally, was a one-day decision. From then on, we said only young people in the audience, young people on stage, young subject matter. Well, as you know, young people are much more open and wilder in their lifestyles. So every once in a while, the show went crazy. Not every day, but every once in a while. Do you recall the first one that that were like, we had Oliver North on last week, and now we got lesbian mother couples dating sons? Well, what I remember is the first fight. And we had no security because whoever thought of having security. And it was on um, the the fight was about uh, oh, we had the Klan on and uh, white supremacist and, yeah, well, and black uh, yes. folks. Did, was and this people before charged Haraldo? from the no, this was after Rollo. Okay, uh, this was about ninety three, not ninety four, and people ran up from the audience. And literally, a riot broke out. Right. And the very next day, we got security. I honestly <laughs> thought, that's the end of the show. Yeah. You can't have a fight uh. on national television or whatever. <laughs> um, then Universal bought us. And when uni- for syndication. Yeah, and when Universal bought us, they said, from now on, you can only do crazy. <laughs> yeah. They were like, we true. discovered yeah. we got a gold yeah. right here. 
And that's it. That's how the show became. So now if you call us with a warm, uplifting story, we're not allowed to run it. Right. And the producers are given a list of other shows based on the subject matter, which show you send it to. But we're not allowed to run it. We have to always have something that's crazy. Uh, and the, and who uh, is is picking that? Like, do they, do you, were you involved in that? Like, no, I'm not allowed to know what the show's about. Oh, really? So I carry a card. But all the card has on it are the names of the guests. And then my job is to ask questions that you would ask sitting at home watching and then make jokes. Yeah. But I'm never allowed to know the subject matter, which makes it more spontaneous, sure. more authentic. I would I, I, That would be my dream job, I think. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's great. So you get it up there, but, you know... I remember the one show I often talk about is the the guy who married his horse. Yeah. <laughs> but but they didn't they they don't tell me what's come <laughs> Okay. So here's what happened. Here's what happened. This is the backstory. I'm out there and the show struck that's why every segment I always open with so what's going on. Right. I say, right. So I said, Here's Bob, Bob, what's going on? Bob is I don't know if his name was Bob, I forget. But anyway. So you don't know. Bob's gonna come out and he's gonna tell you why he's, he's there. sitting oh, on the, he's sitting on the in the chair this on is stage great. and I'm saying, Bob, what's going on? He says, Well, I'm having trouble with the neighbors. Right. Oh, okay, what's the problem? He says, I don't know. Uh they don't like my wife. Well, what's wrong with your wife? Uh, it's nothing. She keeps to herself. She doesn't argue with them. She's not loud. The whole bit. Well, I'm thinking, as yeah. you would, this is kind of boring. Yeah. Right. So I look at my card. The next guest is Pixel. Okay, well, let's meet your wife, Pixel. And how comes this horse? Now, if I hadn't told you what the name of the show was, if a horse comes out, with no one on it, you think the wife has fallen off the horse. So I say, stop the cameras. Oh, my God, she's falling off the horse. Can somebody find out what's going on? The producer off stage is yelling at me. He says, no, that's, that's his wife. Oh, my God. How great is that? Yeah. It's so good. That is did so, you, oh, there Did it you is. get to a point where you stopped questioning? Like, I'm sure first, like, three times you're like, okay, they got to be making fun of me now. They're bringing out the horses. This guy's yeah. like, did you get to a point where you go, yeah, this is it. This is the show. We, they, apparently, the, the people on the show had sent the camera people there to his home. It was outside Branson, Missouri, about 20 miles out. And the hallways in his home were extra wide, so the horse could go. Up. I mean, the horse lived with him. Oh my god! Oh my yeah, god. but we did a follow-up show. Did he because, make love to the horse? Well, um, that's so personal. Uh, <laughs> what? I can't believe you shriek your oh, responsibilities as a, as a host and ask that question. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I did. I yeah. say, I, I think of the way I phrased it. Are you guys affectionate? Uh-huh. And <laughs> but what's nice. weird? And, yeah, and he said. What was interesting is every time I stood between Bob, who's sitting down in the chair, and the horse, who is off to my side, if I was in their line of sight, the horse would nudge me out of the way. Oh, so there really was, there really was a um, connection. Yeah. Now wow. was the guy blind? Is that why he's wearing those glasses? Carmen's showing the behind have. your foot. Oh, you oh, have yeah. the video there, yeah, over, so the you other, know oh, I'm you telling the truth. There yeah. you go. Yeah, that's pixel. Yeah, that's him. I was oh just wondering if he was blind because he had these big glasses on. So, like, no, did- he probably thought no one would recognize. Yeah, him. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> like that, yeah. holy! No one will know me now. <laughs>
So, at, at ratings wise, yeah, how close? How close do you get to? You know, you got oh. of the twenty, they start dropping off. You got uh, Donahue's out, J- Jesse Raphael is out, Fat Gordon's out. Like you're down to only a couple of shows now. Yours is how are you doing? That was just the longest running in history, right? I mean, like, yeah. you, like well, who, Phil went twenty nine years. We, Phil Donahue had a good show. He was phenomenal. He was it was boring though. I remember as a kid, I would not watch. Well, because it wasn't for kids, right? But I but then every once in a while, he would have transvestites and he was something that was so taboo in the eighties. You know? Well, but the one thing the talk shows have done, including ours, is that we opened up at least on television America to the whole of America. Yeah, mm-hmm. because up until then, up until our show or about that time. All American television was upper middle class white. All right, of it. Right. And if you were an African American, for example, you were on one of the side networks. If you, Unless you were a doctor living in the suburbs like uh, Cosby. Right. But everything else, you didn't get that. It was always upper middle, whether it was Friends, um, uh, Frasier, uh, Seinfeld. It's always these well scrubbed. Yeah. White-looking guys living in nice neighborhoods, etc. And then along came our show, and we saw a slice of America that is different than that model. Yeah. And it's pro- even though the purpose of the show was entertainment, and that's all it ever was, a consequence of the show is that people started to see on television what they see on the streets every day. Yeah. I mean, no grown-up could watch our show and honestly believe they had never read about that or didn't know that existed or didn't have someone in their family that had a similar story or that crazy uncle we have. I always say, which I mean, I have never met a human being who couldn't have been on our show. I'm not saying scandal. No, you find some. But there's some in right, everyone's yeah. life or in everyone's family, there's something that happened that's a little bit embarrassing, a little yeah. bit different, a little bit whatever. So this business about, well, I'm glad I'm not them. <laughs> oh, get over yourself. <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, I, I love the Springer show. I don't like Steve's show. And I'm not asking. Yeah. I'm not dogging it. It's yeah. me. It's personal taste. It, it it annoys me on a level that Doctor Phil annoys me. My wife watches it all the time, yeah. and I can't stand to hear the voice. And I like Steve, I like Steve. He's been on the show. He's oh, a nice sure. guy. I've yeah. hung out with him. But uh, it's 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 just did that blow your mind that the former security guard for your show now has a <laughs> long running talk show? No, we produce it. Right. Yeah. And uh, no, he's, he's a good friend, and, and but, I, mean, I wanted him to have a show. But you didn't in the beginning. You were like, so we didn't have security. Now we have security. Now security has his own show, and it's successful. Oh, we pushed it, yeah. Uh, well, just like Oprah begat Dr. Phil, mm-hmm. I begat Steve. Right, right. And it was a painful birth. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'm going to adopt. He's a good friend. Yeah, he's a, he's his a wife... Nice guy. His wife, by by the way, he met his wife on our show. Oh, really? Because Rochelle is was a producer on our show and became our executive producer. So she really was running my show. And then when we said Steve should have a show, she went. Uh, she went with him, which is obviously a good thing. I don't. I, I Doctor Phil. I don't think is a bad. Uh, he has a lot of success, and but the way he talks and drives me nuts. A condescending. I'm telling you, and I hear Steve yelling at his guests sometimes, and I just walk by my bedroom, my hands on my ears. It just annoys the hell out of me. But people love that, and they love the fact that he's like he's the tough guy in the room. They love that he's pointing yeah. and telling people what to do. And No one has ever said 
that I'm the tough guy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I, I am the hero of wimps of America. <laughs> uh, how about, though, you find, you, you, you're in a competition with 20 other hosts. You find your niche. You had yours. How about Maury? Maury's like, I'm going to try and do a real talk show. And then he's like, forget it. We'll just do paternity mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and opposite couples. Fat guy marries yeah. skinny woman. Tall guy marries short woman. That was yeah. all, that's all Maury's done. You find what works yeah. and you stick with it. Well, yeah, I, I think that's that's true of any of anything that's on television. Yeah, you find a niche, whether it's a serious show, whether you're, you know, whether it's a drama. You know, look at the, um, all those detective stories. Yeah. Or, or remember when I was a kid, Columbo. Yeah. You know, there was a niche. Columbo was always in the, yeah. you know, in the rumple jacket and didn't look like he knew what he was doing. Mm. Rumpled raincoat didn't know what he was doing, and then at the he turned around just as he's walking out the door. And one, said, yeah. one, more one more question, question. Yeah. yeah. You know, reminds me. Everyone Joe. finds a niche, and if it works, that's what you, you stick with. Joe in our TV room reminds me of Columbo, except he never has the smart part. He's just always <laughs> rumpled. Is what yeah. He is. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Springer is here with us. You have an opportunity to meet Jerry today. They have a CW44 meet and greet. It's going to be happening on West Spruce Street from 11 to 1, 4202 West Spruce Street. You can go by and meet Jerry Springer, uh, an icon of television. I mean, uh, do you realize that? Or are you? I'm a schlub that got lucky. I mean, let's but, be honest. However, uh, schlubs don't last for that luck. Only lasts. I'm a long-lasting schlub. Long-lasting schlub. <laughs> That's what it's going to say on my uh, <laughs> Jerry Springer. Long life, but he didn't last too long. Otherwise, he wouldn't be here. Uh, we, we had <laughs> to my uh, gravestone. We had Arsenio on the other day. Yes, he's a great guy. You're right. It really hasn't done a whole heck of a lot lately. But Arsenio is one of those, also one of those folks that's an icon of television. I sure. Mean, he, you, you, he, he did stuff before anybody else did, it. and that's that's kind of. And he had to break barriers, and oh, much sure. tougher than me. I mean, he, I, I didn't have it tough at all. You know, I, I hats off to him. It's uh, it's an incredibly tough business that r- resists, you know, until very recently. And maybe there's even still resistance. But certainly when he was breaking through resistance to people of color, yeah. uh, particularly late night. And uh, and what he was edgy, going against. And edgy, right. Right. Going against middle America, or at least the image of what we have of middle America. You know, hats off to those people that are pioneers. So I will always have great respect for him. You you mentioned uh, before about how television only showed white people and black people in certain lights. I, I always tell people now, the two things that make me realize and understand racism a little bit are, are Muhammad Ali's career. Muhammad Ali's life, yeah. I, I believe Muhammad Ali's greatest contribution to society is teaching white people what racism really is. Yeah. The fact that he can represent us in the Olympics and then come back here and we wouldn't even let him go use a water fountain. Oh, yeah. And then the other thing is is that I watched this, this viral video of Mr. Rogers talking to Congress, asking them for funding for PBS. Yeah. There is not a prominent black man anywhere to be found in that entire room. It is all old white dudes. Yeah. And I thought that's, that was what it was like. Everywhere for oh, black yeah. people, yeah. and and that's why you'll never understand it unless you were unless you were black. And yeah. so when you talk about Arsenio, Arsenio took it into the you know took it light years forward. Well, we can go even till yesterday's headlines last night with the judge's decision on Manafort. Yeah, uh, you know, without getting into the whole argument about what kind of guy he was and Trump and all that, the fact of the matter is the crime that he pled guilty, was found guilty, pled guilty to the sentence that was suggested, you know, 
that right. people with those crimes should get. The fact that he got only four years for basically stealing from the American people and what he did yeah. with Russia, whatever it was. And our prisons are filled with African-Americans, for example, who are in for five, six years, let's say, on a drug-related crime. A, mi- a minor yeah, drug-related two thing, joints. Yeah. 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 And 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 this guy, who's done it over a 10-year period, at least, and was helping uh, the Russians against Ukraine, and he gets four years, we really do have a separate system of justice yeah. for... White and African Americans, but also that's for for rich is what that. Oh is. yeah, rich. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. rich yeah. white people. My, uh, you know, the line yesterday by a- AOC, the new congresswoman from uh, the Bronx, New York, when she says she tweeted, "Justice isn't blind; it's bought." Uh, yeah. Wow! I mean, no matter yeah. who that's you, a powerful line. But no matter who you believe in, that's always been obvious. You always know that. Yeah. Like, like all, like everybody's uh, gives Trump a hard time because he had a deferment to go to Vietnam. All the rich kids got deferment to Vietnam. That was yeah. how it was. That's how it yeah. always is. I always say my uncle Louie paid, uh, so my cousin Ciro didn't have to go. <laughs> yeah. That's how it went. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Springer is here. When you final thought, Jerry? <laughs> do you hate? What do you hate more when people give you final thoughts or when people just start chanting Jerry? Does that kind of drive you crazy now? Well, the Jerry Jerry thing is. Well, the two things I'll say about Jerry Jerry first. <laughs> My wife now says they should start chanting your address so you know how to get home. <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been married? I'm 70, 45 years. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. She still likes you? Oh, she has no taste. Uh, real quick, real quick to the Jerry chanting thing. No, she's, this shows you how popular and how big you are. So I saw Jerry Seinfeld popped up at Gotham or something, wasn't on the bill, showed up. The crowd started chanting, Jerry, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that comes straight from your yeah. show. I mean, that's got to make you feel like Jerry Seinfeld, very popular, but they're not saying yeah, Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. They're <laughs> chanting yeah. Jerry. Yeah. It'd be hard to get the whole crowd. Yeah. 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 One, two, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, one other uh, Jerry, Jerry story. The one place that I found it difficult is, you know, I'm at a football game. I think it was in Cincinnati. And you know the big stadiums that when you go to the men's room, <laughs> there's like 30 yards yeah. long. Yeah. Yeah. The urinal, <laughs> and there are 500 guys in there waiting to go. Yeah. So I get spotted. I go up to the urinal, and I got 500 guys <laughs> behind me going, Jerry, Jerry. And at my age, I've got enough pressure. <laughs> Quit chanting my name. I'll be right with you guys, all right? Oh, oh man, I, it's I, no I, fun going to the bathroom when you got people chanting Jerry, Jerry. Sure. One, one time I saw, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Norm from Cheers. George Went. George Went yeah. at a hockey game, and they they were scooping around on this thing, and then they found him in the crowd, and they zoomed in, and the whole stadium, Norm, Norm. Norm yeah. Everywhere you go, you got to deal with yeah. that. Yeah, but people are always nice. and I mean, as controversial as the show has been, it's amazing in person Everybody is nice. Yeah. I, I can't, if you tell me, has there ever been a moment where someone came up to you in person? It was rude. No. No, that's good. No, yeah. no. You know, obviously they don't like you. First of all, if they don't like you, they don't watch you. Yeah. And so it's not that. It's not like being in politics. In politics, people let you know. Oh, sure. When you're in show business, there's no negative to it. People are only nice to you. And as long as you can recognize that you are not you are not defined by your show. You're a human being. Am I a good husband? Am I a good father? Am I a good grandfather? That kind of thing. Um, not 
the Jerry Jones. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice, but I don't go to sleep and I think, boy, I must be wonderful. People change my name, you know. Uh, do you, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, I always go to this as the, remember MASH? Yeah. Klinger always wanted yeah. to go home. He dressed like a girl all the time. Yeah. And then he ends up staying because he uh, meets a girl that he likes. Yeah. You, all this time working in politics, then you get into the news, then you get into this stupid show, and it becomes so super successful. Are you like, look what I've done? Or are you like, I can't believe what I've done? <laughs> like, at night, yeah. you, you have great success, but are you happy with it? Are you, are you like, yeah, it didn't turn out yeah, how because, I wanted to? Because but... I never quit politics. I spend an awful lot of time right. every single week doing political stuff. Like, ra- ra- like raising money, giving speeches. People, I okay. travel the country. Yeah. You know, I'm liberal, and so my politics goes that route. And I'm very, very active in, in the you know with the party and et cetera. So I do that, and then I do a weekly podcast. Uh, you just Google Jerry Springer podcast. I've done it for four years. I do it's a political it, podcast, or is it? It's a little of every. It is uh, ten minutes of comedy, ten minutes of a political rant, and ten minutes of folk or bluegrass music. Because we do it at a coffee shop, a folk music coffee shop in Ludlow, Kentucky. Oh, wow. We, uh, right outside of Cincinnati, across the river there. And uh, it's a live audience. And I do it with my best friend for 45 years. Our wives are best friends. Our kids grew up together. And he and I sit there and joke, just like we're just joking BS, around yeah. here. So we BS for 10 minutes. Then I do my political rant. And then we, have, we get folk groups from around the country that come to Ludlow to be on the podcast, and they do 10 minutes of live music. And I've done it now for four years every week. Oh, so, that's great. So, so that gives me a political... Uh, Sarasota is home, you right down live, the road. Right? Oh, so yeah. what, do you travel to Kentucky every week? Yeah. Oh, and geez. then I travel to Connecticut to do the show. And then we have a place in Chicago, because that's where our daughter and grandson... How how many shows do you do? Like, do you do them every one a day, or you do bang them out a bunch? We bang them out a bunch. Yeah. Now I'm starting a new show. Right. Uh, I didn't know if we could talk about that or not. No, you it's can. America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, originally they were they asked me not to mention it until a certain time, so I didn't want to blow oh. up the cover. Yeah, yeah. In the fall, I'll be doing a show, okay. and it's uh, called Judge Jerry. Yeah. Now, will this I'm be uh, like the other judge shows, or a little yeah. bit more Jerry? Well, it'll be my personality, so I'm sure there'll be quips right. during the show. But all these judge shows, which I'm learning now, uh, have legal validity. Yeah. So therefore, I mean, I'm a lawyer, and uh, you know, I had to go over my books again. But the decision that I make is the, final. Is final. Yeah. They can't go to a court of common pleas and appeal it. Right. So people are coming with their real lawsuits, and I have to be serious about that. So my decisions will hopefully be just and fair. Um, but, you know, I'm, it's impossible for me not to make a quip here and there just because that's what I'm comfortable <laughs> doing. I, I wanted to ask you that, uh, not to put you on the spot, but with the quips, what can you remember one of your favorites from Jerry Springer? Because I love that whenever this is happening, all this chaos, it dies down, and then you give them a shot, and the crowd just goes nuts. Is there one that you think of that you're like, yeah, that was pretty good? Well, um, I'm spouting off all the time. Oh, I know what we had this. We had this uh, young woman. I think she was a stripper. And, you know, on our stage, on the corner there, we have a pole. Oh, yeah. So I said, would you dance on the pole? And she said, I'd rather not. I said, well, will you dance on a Czechoslovakian? 
Which of course, which of course, after I said it, even though people laughed, I realized made no sense because there's no Czechoslovakia anymore. Uh, There's the Czech Republic. But you know, oh, you blew her mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She didn't know the joke in the first place. Yeah, but then who's going to dance on a Republican? Uh, I like the I like the Jerry Springer movie. Yeah. Oh, Ringmaster. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. that seemed like... A, <laughs> yeah. but it That's was like 21 years old. Well, nice and silly and funny. And, oh, yeah, you know, it was fun to make. Yeah, it was one of those, you're like, oh, a movie, and yeah. then you watch it, you're like, oh, it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Still yeah. haven't seen MacGruber, though, but I've oh, seen it. Oh, yeah. 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 uh, All right, well, Judge Jerry is going to be coming out. You've got the Jerry Springer Show weekdays on CW44 from At, 2 to 4 p.m. Right, yeah, they At, run it two hours in a row. Yeah, well, we, this is Florida. This is where most stuff. of these people come from. Yeah. Do you know how many people over the years I've met that have been on the show? Well, let me tell you why you do why that happens. Think about it. We've done this show for 27 years, figure 200 shows a year. That's over 5,000 shows. Jeez. Each show you watch has at least 10 people on it, right. right? Two or three stories, four or five people. I mean, at least 10 people on the shows. So you do 5,000 times 10 people, that's 50,000 people Damn. have been on the show. So when you walk down any street in America, the odds are that you're going to bump into someone <laughs> Damn, right. who, at least in their family, was on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Now bring that to Florida. Yeah. yeah. Up, up, no, yeah. you don't have to bring them. Yeah. They live here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's quite... Uh, the, I mean... We really breed them here. Oh, yeah. very I love your way. Yankee shirt. Oh, yeah? You're a Yankee fan? I grew up in New York. I love Where? Them. Queens, second you... floor. Okay. I grew... <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Staten Island, but I got to tell you, I think I'm at the point this year where I officially quit baseball. And once, oh. once Terry Jeter left, it kind of all went downhill for me. Yeah. Well, Aaron, a Ju- Yankee fan. Yeah. Aaron Judge, is, and he's the same quality. Right. Of, uh, he's, real... the last, he's the last hope to keep me glued in. Okay, I'll uh, talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to uh, keep him. We got to keep him. Have you ever, and be honest, have you ever listened to this station? Like, we never know who listens with you being in Sarasota, but Steve uh, Stephen King wrote about us in a book, mentioned the station by name and the, where the character was listening to the station, and we're like, holy cow. Well, I, I will. I, I That's a no. That's a big fact. Yeah. No. It's a big fact. I no. I would, I would, <laughs> no, but there's nothing else I listen to. In other words, I'll... I mean, I I'm guess not, I, stopped... I never heard your podcast, so I'm not mad no, at you. No, no, no. But I'm saying, what? Did, I'm trying to think. What age did I stop listening to radio? Then, when my daughter, with my daughter, then you wind up listening to whatever. whatever the, right. Trust me, I know that. The radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now she's an adult. That's true. Because what I listen to, I'm very political, so yeah. I listen to political radio, yeah. MSNBC, stuff like that, CNN. Yeah, we, that's what I do. I, I'm, uh, I'm constantly watching the news. And sports. I'm, I'm, I don't even care about sports anymore. <laughs> I'm just constantly watching the news. I feel like I'm going to miss something. Yeah. you got to know everything. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. We, are, we, are, we have a band, and our band is playing in Sarasota next Friday. I don't know where you hang out when you're there, but uh, we were playing at a, a old school. Which one? I don't, this is a place you probably wouldn't be caught dead in. We've never even played there before. It's called the 5 O'Clock Club. But evidently, it's a legendary place for live music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're playing out there next Friday, but we played the game. Yeah, I, I, I get nervous when you say I won't be caught dead there. I'm 75. <laughs> you might actually I, I might be dead be, there. <laughs> I could be caught dead any place. Listen, nothing would make us feel better Wherever than if you I died am. at one of our gigs. <laughs> no, we bought a, we bought a plot. Uh, oh, you're ready to go. Yeah. yeah. We, no, seriously, my wife and I, we bought a, a, a plot, and it's... um. It's in the Chicago area, you know, near where our daughter lives. Because, you know, in the end, the people that are going to visit are going to be your own right, kids right, and grandkids. Yeah, yeah. So we're close to them. Well, the 
literally last weekend, we're driving to the shopping mall with my grandson in the back. He's 10 years old. And he says, hey, Opa, there's your new home. Uh, oh, oh, my God. Man. Re- he knows he's getting some of that money. Oh, oh coming. I'll tell you a money story. He's he's 10 years old and he's five foot two. He's very tall and very wow. athletic. Right. So I told him when he hit five feet tall, I was going to give him $100, which I did. Uh-huh. So I now said, when you're six feet tall, I'll give you $500. And all of a sudden, he almost tears up. He says, you're not going to be around then. (laughs) (laughs) So we've worked out a deal. I promised him that when they lay me out in my suit, I'm going to take five crisp $100 bills and put it in my front right pocket. So now he's thinking, he says, you know how they lay you out and everybody comes and, you know, they come up to the coffin and they kind of touch Uh you and they you know, weep a little bit and then they move on. He says, here's how I'm going to do it, Opa. He's gonna, I'm going to come up to you and kind of put my arms around you and everyone will think I'm crying. And then he's feeling around my front pocket for the $500. Wow. I said, how do you spell Opa? He says, ATM. <laughs> no, he knows, he's a he knows. Does yeah, he know that you're, uh, that you're cool and he's got a cool grandfather? Well, it, because uh, cool is another word, but he um, he knows of my television stuff because the kids in the school, when he was in sure. second grade, for example, all have older siblings. So, and then when we walk down the street, it's Jerry. Yeah. Jerry. Um, he's just the greatest kid in the world. I mean, he's just wonderful. Yeah. We love each other. Yeah. That's good. Good. Uh, I have to tell you, it's been a pleasure to have you in here. Thank you. Go meet Jerry Springer really, today. Yeah. You're fun. Uh, oh, thank you. I'm going to turn the radio on. Oh, stop it. I'm, 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 I want to hear your show. Yeah. I, I used to have this uh, idea for a TV show. It's too late now because he's he's kind of Regis used to call the show, and yeah, we had mutual friends. Yeah, and uh, I had met him a couple of times, and when he'd come to town, he used to call the show. And when he retired, we were the only interview he did. He called us the next day, and we were. He's like Cowhead. What do they used to call me, Cowhead? He goes Cowhead. Sixty Minutes is calling me, and you're the only one I'm calling. And I thought. You should move down here, and we should do a show together where oh. now we just hang out. Me, yeah. The show's called Me and Regis, and we just take you to do things. <laughs> like, you just live my life now. Yeah. Oh, that, that'd be a good idea for me and you, Jerry, when you retire. Just me and Jerry, and I'm going to take you through the second the if, second part of your life. If this judge show doesn't work, yeah. I'm going to need it. Every time. <laughs> yeah. Right, come to me. I'm full No, ideas. I'll show you where they're going to bury me. Uh, oh, I'd love to <laughs> yes. see it. Oh, here's what yeah. I want to do. Do you have one more minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's what my thought is. You know, you'll have the I'll have the gravestone, and then in front of the gravestone there is an, a rectangle where they put right the, where you go in where you go in around three sides of that rectangle facing the uh, headstone. I want to have four rows of bleachers, <laughs> <laughs> and on top of the gravestone, I want a big TV screen, a big screen where twenty four seven they're looping. Clips. The show of 5,000 shows. Oh, man. When I was a kid or younger, a teenager, you know, on Friday nights, you would go to the local cemetery and kind of hang out there. It's yeah. nice and dark and everything. That was your and this would give, lot, this would be entertainment. Mm-hmm. So people would come to the cemetery. They'd sit on the bleachers. And they'd watch my show, I, and my headstone would simply say, I won't be right back. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I want to do it. You will live 
I on know. Yeah. This is this is my eternal flame. Yes, yeah. that's exactly John what it is. Yeah. Your, your, yeah. Eternal yeah. flame. I'm gonna have the eternal show. Yeah. Why that not? Is brilliant. That oh. is brilliant. Put that in some sort of will. Make sure tell the kid. I want I'll it. Make it five grand if you yeah, get and I'll let him do the opening act. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Richard, yes. Richard, that's a great idea. Yeah. Richard will go there and go. Hello there, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to our show. You, We're gonna have Opie coming up in just a minute. But first, <laughs> funny thing happened to me on the way to the cemetery. <laughs> Headstone, TV, bleachers, uh, and then a statue. You can of a picture it. Like this. Yes. Like, uh, yeah, with Steve. Yes. Yeah. I'd be wonderful. Oh, it man. It would be the most most visited oh, grave yeah. site since Elvis. That's the way to go. We got to do it. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. All right. I changed the, change the name of the show. It's called Planning Jerry's Death. Yeah. And I'll help you. I'll follow Oh, you'll have a lot through. of suggestions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go meet Jerry Springer today, 4202 West Bruce Street. And, of course, you go uh, from 11 to 1, you can watch the Jerry Springer Show weekdays on CW44 from 2 to 4 p.m. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.